Hello and welcome to the River and Panhandle's weekly podcast. We are so excited that you are tuning in for this week's message. Before we get started, there are a few things that we would love for you to do. Share it, subscribe, and rate the podcast. So the message is about to begin. We hope that you are encouraged and that you always remember, no role is insignificant. Every life matters and go out and make a difference. this morning I just I want to share with you that we have a warrior shepherd king that has run out before us and done all of his part to save the world to save people from sin to set people free from pain and death Jesus Christ has done his part. And not only did Jesus, the Son of God, the person of God in the form of our Savior, come and die, be buried, allowed that at the hands of men who had no authority over his life, laid himself down, entered the grave as a dead man, and rose from the grave as a victorious champion over sin and death. And then, it's not done there. Then, as he prepared his followers and he prepared you and me for what comes next, he ascended back into heaven, back to the side of his father, and he's preparing a place for you and me. For all of us who do what? Romans 10, starting in verse 13. 10, 13 says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be, say it with me, saved. Saved from what? Saved from meanness? No. Saved from discomfort? No. Saved from rolling strobe lights that disturb you and distract you during worship? No. y'all notice it was like the shape of a hurricane? A hurricane? Okay. Jesus Christ came to save us from our sins. Not just our sins, plural, but our sin, singular. The nature that lives within you and me. Jesus Christ forgave us of our sins, plural, when he died on the cross. Jesus Christ forgave us, no longer guilty of our sin, singular nature, when he died on the cross. When we confess our sins to Jesus, when we call on the name of of Jesus to be saved, he's already done his part. He already did everything required of him. 
Therefore, what this means is you don't have to get your life right in order to follow Jesus. Because it has nothing to do with you and everything to do with Jesus. When we follow Jesus and we call on his name, we confess, Jesus, you are the one. You are the savior. You are the healer. You are the warrior. You are the champion. Jesus rushes into our lives and sanctifies us, sets us apart from the world, and makes us right with God. That's what he does. So, when this says, they, those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved, don't get confused by what the word everyone means. It is not enough to believe in God. Never has been, never will be. So just calling out his name is not enough. Matthew 7, Jesus said himself, if you don't believe me, believe Jesus, who in verse 21 of Matthew 7 said, not everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. There will be people who think they got it, they believed in God, and they came to church every Sunday, and they even gave money that will not see the kingdom of God. That's heartbreaking. But that's not our truth. That's not our truth to argue. Jesus Christ finished that argument on the cross when he said, I am the savior of the world. I am the one. It is finished. <laughs> you know, I know that. Because the guy hanging on a cross next to Jesus who never went to Sunday school, never opened a scripture, never probably prayed, never, never gave any money to poor people, didn't understand his soteriology, didn't know who the Holy Spirit was, didn't understand the nature of a creative triune almighty God, didn't know any of that. And he just says, Receive me. Remember me. And what did Jesus say? Today you will be with me in paradise. So get your theology straight all you want. But if it doesn't start and end with Jesus Christ dying for your sins, and then you confess and you call on the name of the Lord with your heart, in need of his saving grace, none of it matters. Period. <laughs> we can argue, you know what soteriology is? I don't know how to say it. Do you know what soteriology is? The study or the understanding of salvation? Maybe you're, maybe you're a reformed theologian and you believe that you can't save yourself, that only God can save you. He calls you. You don't choose him. Maybe that's what you believe. Okay? 
If it compels you to follow Jesus and lay your life before him, if he does that work for you and then you receive it, call on the name of the Lord. Maybe you have a different theology or different doctrine and you believe that unless we have faith and we pursue him and we go after him and then we find him, then we'll never be saved because we're just waiting for Jesus to save us. Maybe that's what you think. Maybe you're Arminian in your thinking. I don't know. But if you get compelled to follow Jesus with your heart and you call on his name and you believe in your heart that Jesus died and set you free and rose from the dead and is with the Father, when you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. Maybe you're free grace. Maybe, man, once you've been saved, you're always saved. And no matter what you do, it's okay. You've been saved. If that is what compels you to call on the name of the Lord, believing that he died, he was buried, he rose, and he is with Jesus, call on the name of the Lord and you will be saved. Are we tracking together? Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord for salvation, for forgiveness, for freedom, for eternity, will be saved. It's why he died. This is great news, right? And so many of you are in this room with me this morning going, I know that, I believe that. Why are we talking about just that? Let me tell you why. Because we have started a three-week, four-week series called Contact. What does it mean to make contact with God and with, with others? Last week, I talked about ministry. talked about how you served us in our moment, and we get to serve you in your moment. That's ministry. And I said, ministry and mission are not the same thing. This morning, let's talk about mission. What it means to be on call 24-7 in the name of Jesus. To be a voice of hope for a world that has no idea how to find him. For a world that doesn't even know they need him. Our mission is singular. It is to be a proclaimer of the gospel of Jesus Christ, not just with our words, but with our life, the way we live. Our words are not enough. And if we want to see people in our orbit, in our world, ever see Jesus, we have to be Jesus for them. Not so we save them, but to make room in their hearts for Jesus to set them free. That's our mission. That's our calling. Look at verse 14. How then will they call on him whom they have not believed? What do you believe to be true about Jesus? What do you, be, what do you believe to be true about God? Does it 
Does it pervade your life and the way you think and the way you live and the way you pray and the way you need and the way you serve? The way you give? You always find time for the things that are most important to you. Think about your life for a second. Look, I'm not, I'm not, well, I might step on your toes. I'm, I'm not doing it to hurt you. If your kid's soccer tournament gets in the way of your family spending time with Jesus in prayer and you choose that first in your life, there might be a problem. It's between you and the Lord. If I choose in my life to watch TV or scroll Facebook or do other things instead of get on my knees into God's word, there might be a problem. If you were choosing anything that the decisions of your life puts that before your worship and your service and your commitment, your faithfulness to God, there is a problem. And the problem is idolatry. I'm not judging you. God has not given me that authority. God will be the judge of that. So the question then for you and for me is, God, what am I putting before you? Take it out of our lives so that you are the first and foremost thing in my heart. Then, watch this, then you have believed that Jesus is who he says he is. Marinate on that. Verse 14 goes on to say, And how are they to believe in him of whom they had not heard? This is where we play a part. The world has no idea that it's lost and going to hell. We have been not only saved, but also sanctified, set apart, so that we, you and me, as children of God, can then become the proclaimers of who Jesus is. How will they believe unless they have heard means you and I have been set apart to be the voice of hope for others? not just your words. Truth is not contained simply in what you say. Truth gets demonstrated by how you live, who you choose to make the centerpiece of your home. And if it's basketball trophies, you've missed it. When it's the name of Jesus, you have been found by him. This is what he wants for you. Not just your house, hear me, not just the place you live, but your whole life. Where he wants to live in you 
And then it comes out in the way you speak to people, the way you treat people, the way you care or don't care about people. What's on the inside comes out when you get squeezed. And if what's on the inside is the saving grace of Jesus Christ washed over your life, setting you free from your sin, then what comes out when you're squeezed is forgiveness and hope and joy and peace. Can we agree on that? And this is why you and I need the Holy Spirit in our lives, guiding us through these relationships, through this process. Why? Because if you're left to your own sin nature, you're always going to choose yourself and not Jesus. Singular sin. (laughs) It's our nature. I don't like it about myself, but it's the way I was. But because Jesus came into my life and set me free from the sin singular, now I am no longer the world's. Now I belong to Jesus. And it's why I even stand here before you. It's why I share this news with you online or in person. Jesus Christ wants to know that you, while guilty of your sin, have a freedom and a privilege and an opportunity and an invitation from the throne of heaven to step into grace and be forgiven and freed from your sin. How will they believe unless they've heard? This is just my thought on Paul's much better text. Don't just tell them. Show them. You have to be Jesus. Not just talk about Jesus. It's not enough. I can't remember how many conversations I've had with people about Jesus and told them the truth and this is the gospel and this is the only way to get to Jesus. And they walk away and just go on about their lives. It's hard. It's heartbreaking. But I can't just tell them. I have to show them so that their ears don't just hear, but their heart hears. And then Jesus can step in. The Spirit of God steps into their life and changes them. So many of you know that because it happened to you. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Because Jesus opened my ears. Spirit of God opened my eyes and allowed me to see him. I didn't do any of it on my own. I was a mess. Still am. But because of Jesus, I've been set free. How will they believe unless they hear? Tell them your story. You don't have to understand the complexities of theology to tell someone about Jesus. You don't have to be a scholar 
and know that the Old Testament was written in Hebrew and then some of the New Testament in Aramaic and then some of the New Testament in Greek and, and this word transliterated me. Who cares? Until Jesus comes in. Then, once they have been saved by God's grace, then they can be sanctified by God's holy word so that then they can be sent Verse 14 goes on to say, and how were they to hear without somebody preaching? What does that mean? How are they to hear without somebody preaching? Here's what it does not mean. It does not mean we simply just invite people to church so that they can hear a preacher talk about the Bible. That's a good first step. It's a decent starting place. But because you have been saved and because you have been sanctified, set apart, you then have the privilege and responsibility of knowing enough about God's word that you can declare to them, this is where to find my Jesus. I don't know all there is to know, but I do know Romans 3 says that Everyone has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And I don't want you to miss that. And Romans 6 goes on to say, the cost of that sin is death. But the gift of God in the person of Jesus Christ is salvation. He's where you can be set free. No, 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 no. You don't have to be good enough to receive it. Because Romans, Romans 5 says, you, while you were a sinner, Jesus Christ died for you and for me. Right? This is, this is God's goodness to ever even allow you and me to be a voice of hope in our world? How will they believe unless they hear? How will they hear unless someone preaches? So what I do on Sunday morning, proclaiming the Word of God, listen to me very carefully, I do not preach for information. I am not sent by God to just help you understand God's Word. God has sent me for inspiration to open your eyes, open your ears, be used by God to make room for the Holy Spirit to come in, invade your life, and you to go out and be proclaimers in the world you live in. This is just a starting place. The finishing place is where you live with your people, praying for your neighbors and your friends and your kids' coaches and the people you work with, and then saying, God, make me ready. And when somebody says something or complains about something, or they say something that you know is not true or not right, that you step in and you say, but God can change your life. Here's what he did for me. 
here's what Jesus has done for me. So the keruso, the Greek word here, preaching, it's not just about this. It's you being a proclaimer of the grace and the ministry and the goodness and the kindness and the gentleness and the sovereignty and the holiness of God in your world. That's mission. And how do I know you're supposed to do it? Because Jesus said in Matthew 28, go therefore into your world, into the world, and make disciples. Tell them about me. Invite them to follow me. You tell them your story and let your story be seasoned with grace and let Jesus do the hard part. You do the possible and watch Jesus do the impossible, which will be set them free from their sin. Amen? That's his part. Our part is just to tell. It's just to show. And how are they to preach? How are you to proclaim? Verse 15, unless they are, say it with me, sent. Well, when we leave this place, you're going to go back into your world and then you're going to be faced with questions about your life. What do I do with what I've heard and seen and experienced and tasted this morning? What do I do with this? I'm so glad you're here. You're handsome and beautiful and fun and you have great stories and we have good coffee, right, Mike and Brandy? We, we like this place a lot. But it's not enough. It's not enough. We come here and let this Holy Spirit work in our lives, confess our sin, grow our faith, and then go into the world. Saved, sanctified, and then sent. And we do that in a variety of ways. You go into your world, in your orbit, and you start living for Jesus, and you get to occasionally tell somebody about Jesus. That's living for Jesus. And then we also have an opportunity, and we're, look, I talked about this a lot in January, and then February happened. Now it's March, and it's getting away from us. But we are just about to step into a disciple-making movement. I promise it's coming. I promise you we're going to get equipped and prepared how to help people know Jesus on a deeper level. It's coming. I promise you. We're so close. Right, Brandon? We're getting close every day. It's coming. I promise. And you're going to have a relationship with a few people in your life. And you're going to talk and explore and learn and grow in your faith with Jesus. And then you are going to be sent to do that with other people in your world. It's good. Can't wait for that. There's another way we get sent. Sometimes God gives us the privilege 
to step out of our comfort zone of Panhandle, Borger, White Deer, Texas, right? And we, I say, they give me a hard time for saying Deer Park. Like the first Sunday I was here and I didn't know anybody. <laughs> it's White Deer next to Deerfield. We have, we have a privilege coming very soon where we are going to get out of our comfort zone of the panhandle and go serve Jesus in another place. I've had conversation this week with some pastors in Desamparados, Costa Rica, and there is a movement of God where churches are being planted and pastors are being raised up and they need people to train them and equip them and partner with them to share the gospel because people are giving their lives to Jesus in Egito and Desamparados and Cabacar and Guanacaste all over that country. And we get to be a part of that if you will pray with me and we can agree and then we will go. And I'm going to take a small team, very small, few people down this summer and go see and capture that vision. And then we're going to come back to you and say, we are going to go as a church who wants to go with us. And we're going to go make a difference for the world in another part of the world and do a thing that you would not ever normally do right here. Are you with me? Yeah. <laughs> on mission. Not just comfortable here. Not just hearing, singing, proclaiming, liking the songs or disliking the songs. I love you. I don't care what you think about that. We together get to proclaim and exalt the name of Jesus because he did something for us that we cannot do for ourselves and we're going to breathe and live and swim and sleep and rise and go and walk and tell that story because Jesus did something for us that we never could have done for ourselves. When you leave here today, you have been sent. Watch this. Not by me by the Holy Spirit of Almighty God, Amen. empowered by the throne room of heaven, been given the tools and the hope and the joy and the words by God through the person of Jesus. Go do his work and watch his name be glorified and people will come rushing to this place to give their lives to Jesus. And we won't be able to put enough water in that thing to baptize people. And it's going to get cold before the third or fourth or fifth or eighth or 20th or 50th person gets baptized that Sunday. What are we waiting for? We can't just walk in here and enjoy this and then leave and go about our day anymore. It's not enough. Never has been. And it sure ain't enough today. And you know how I know that? Because you have heard. All the rest of it is between you and the Holy Spirit. I'm out. You with me?
We do it in the name of Jesus. We do it because it's what he's called us to do. You know what happens when we do it? Jesus looks at your life and you know what he says? Verse 15, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. God finds favor in you. God blesses you. You don't give money in order that Jesus might bless your life. That is a false gospel. You give because he has commanded you to give. You serve because he has commanded you to serve. You tell because he has commanded us to tell. You make disciples. You are a part of the disciple-making movement, not because it's a neat program that my church is doing. That's a false gospel. We do it because he's called us to it. (laughs) And when you give of your resources, God blesses that. And as a result of that, your life gets blessed because you are now walking in obedience. That's all the blessing you need. There is no financial ROI for your financial obedience. ROI is return on investment for those who don't understand. There's no return on investment for you giving to God. The return on investment gets celebrated by the angels and the God of glory, because that resource gets used to proclaim the gospel to others that they might hear. And that then brings people to Jesus so they can be saved, sanctified, and they themselves get sent. And all of heaven sings hallelujah when that happens. (laughs) That's why we're here. That's why we live. It's the air we breathe. It's the story we tell. It's all we got. So the question is, is that who you are? Is that what you want? Do you believe that in your heart enough to do something about it? Would you join me in that mission? Worship team's going to come back up. Here's here's what I want to challenge and encourage you with today. As we have first called on his name ourselves, we have experienced, been saved by the grace of Jesus. And then as We have heard from his word. We've studied his word. We've experienced his word. We've read his word. We've heard his truth. Because someone decided to step up and speak, preach, Caruso, declare the truth. We heard now we are being sent 
to do the same. Will you accept that call? Will you accept that invitation? Some of us live in a world where we know we work with, we're surrounded by people we go to school with, people who do any and everything other than enjoy and live for Jesus. Would you accept that call to be a voice of hope to the people you do life with? Maybe this morning, maybe your starting place is, I'm not sure I completely understand how my life was set apart or saved by Jesus. Would you help me understand that? You dang skippy, I want to help you understand that. Come find me, find Spencer back in the back. I can't see, I'm blinded by the light. There's elders, Mike Brandvik is right here. I think Jared's sitting back here. Come find us. I see Jeremy, elders, we've got some staff, Brandon, Tori, Brittany, Stephanie. Come find us. It doesn't have to be a pastor. It doesn't have to be someone on staff at this church. It doesn't have to be an elder. Turn to the person next to you and say, can you tell me about Jesus? They heard and they know. Follow him this morning. Follow him this morning. If you're online, I want you to jump on the contact us section of our webpage. And I just want you to say, call me. I want to talk about Jesus. Find us. We're not hard to find. We're going to have people, intercessors, prayer warriors at the corners of the room here. They want to tell you what it means to follow Jesus. Come find us. Jesus has been looking for you your whole life. You just didn't know it. But today, he will be found. Amen? God, do something here for us that we cannot do for ourselves. Do something in us that otherwise we are not equipped to do. Jesus, save and sanctify and send today by your righteous right hand, with your mighty power. Use the river, use us to change the world. In the name of Jesus. And that's this week's message. We hope that you are encouraged and inspired. If you would like to join our online campus and experience the service as it happens live, go follow us on Facebook or YouTube by searching The River in Panhandle, Texas. Have an amazing and blessed week.